Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Yeah, welcome everyone. It's really good to have you here. Um, I'll be sharing the word tonight. Um, yes. Woo. And uh, I'm going to start by reading the word. Yes. I think that's a good idea. Um, I'm going to be reading from Psalm 119. Um, Psalm 119, <clears throat> I won't read the whole one, um, because that, oh, maybe we should. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> How much time do you have? Yeah, that's, the, that's the chapter in the Bible when, you, when that one shows up in your Bible reading plan. You have to book some extra time, right? I read through the entire chapter this week, and it took me about 15, 20 minutes to do it in one sitting. There's 176 verses in Psalm 119, and um, it's all about God's Word. Wow, you know, I think it's quite profound that the longest psalm by far, by a margin in the, in the Bible, is about God's Word. So good, and I was rem- reminded of when Pastor Heinrich shared with us a couple of weeks or a couple of months back, who was here that night when Pastor Heinrich was here? Who remember what he said? <laughs> okay. So he, one of the things he said was that it's his heart, it's his desire, and it's something that the Holy Spirit wants to do is that our knowledge of who God is would be firmly rooted in who he reveals himself to be in the Word. You know, he's revealed himself to us in the Word, and he's given us so much. And that our picture, when we think of God, that that would actually be aligned to who he shows himself to be in the Word. Because that's who he truly is. You know, I think a lot of religions, um, they, they, they give some leniency and some space, you know. And it's okay to kind of, you know, just, just, just picture a God that, that fits, you know, that feels comfortable or that, that ticks the boxes for you. But the fact is that God exists independent of our thought, Right? He is real, and He is someone, and He has a character and a nature, and, um, and it's good to align our believing and our thoughts to who He really is, isn't it? Good, okay. So, I'll be reading from the, um, the English Standard Version. <laughs> that was a close call. Ver- version, the ESV. Um, I don't have slides, um, because when I do that, I end up spending more time with the slides and the actual prep of the sermon. So forgive me, um, and family time. So the ESV, I'm going to be reading from, I'd love it if you can follow, if you have a Bible or if you have the Bible on your app, um, on your phone, um, you can select that version if you want. And I'll be reading from verse 97. It says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. And what really challenged me when I read through this, this psalm this week, when I read the whole thing in one sitting, was he talks, you know, David writes over and over and over in this psalm um, about God's law, about his precepts, about his rules, about his statutes, about his testimonies. And, um, and I was thinking of how those words how palatable they are in our society these days. Rules, precepts, you know, we don't really use that, I guess, precepts and statutes, but rules and laws, you know, in a society that is so hungry for freedom, but often searches for it in the wrong places, there's, there's a rebellion towards rules and laws, right? We feel like it controls us. We feel like it, it limits us. We feel like it you know, like stifles our expression of who we are. And I was challenged by what, what is my disposition towards rules and laws and God's rules and laws. Because if we say that He is Lord, that means that He is Lord. That means that He has set some laws. He set some rules. He set some ways of doing things that flows from his character. And his heart in that is for us to prosper. But it's going to often mean that we choose things that are against our immediate will and what the flesh wants. But he is king. He is Lord. And if we call him Lord, then we have to submit ourselves to his rules and his law. But I was just challenged by how would this, you know, if I had to, to, to share this with some of my colleagues, you know, I would have to use some other language. You know, for them to, to be open to it because, you know, I work with a client at the moment and they've just relaunched their, their brand and the essence of their brand is we are a rebel in the market. And I was just like, that is so telling. You know, they're probably going to do very well because it's going to resonate because we want to be rebels. We don't want to be limited. We don't want someone else to tell us what to do. And I was so challenged by David's attitude toward God's word and his laws and his precepts. Because not only does he receive it, not only is he receptive to it, he longs for it. Like you read through the scripture and he's like crying out. He's like, Lord, do not hold your law from me. Show me your rules. Do not allow me to step outside of that. And not only is he hungry for it and desperate for it, but he... He attributes all of his success to it. He actually says in part of that scripture, like, I am successful only because of your word and because of what you have taught me. 
Do not let me be found outside of your word. Do not let me be found outside of your principles. The things that you teach, Lord, show it to me. Do not hide it from me, but reveal it to me. Help me to internalize it. Help me to eat it. Help Help me for it to become part of who I am and change me from the inside out. And there's just such a desire. There's, there's actually a, there's, there's, there's a fear of being found outside of that. There's an anxiety of, Lord, what would happen to me if I was separated from your word, from your law, from your rules? And that really challenged me that this guy who's got so much influence and so much power, so much success... You know, at that time, probably the biggest domain in terms of his kingdom in the, on the earth. And he's like, Lord, I'm hungry, I thirst, I desire, I need to be close to you and your word. The thing that I want to zone into is um, verse 105, which says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And um, this is actually my, my grandfather, father has passed now, he actually passed a while back. But um, when I was dedicated to the Lord as a baby, he gave me a Bible, and this was a scripture that he wrote in the front of the Bible. And it's also, I'm only actually remembering this now, he was a minister, but he also, he also when my parents were married, he gave them a Bible, and this is the scripture he wrote in the front of the Bible. And, um, and I remember my, my parents bought a holiday house in, in Stilby, and it was an old place. And um, they, they then knocked it down, and they built a new house. And what they did is they, <laughs> they took that Bible, and when they were laying the foundation, my dad put the Bible in the foundation of the house, just as a symbol to say, may this house be a house that knows this truth. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So it's in there, in the cement. And, um, but what does that mean? I think this is a fairly well-known scripture, and it's actually the, the heading for the psalm is, your word is a lamp to my feet. The heading, you know, that's obviously not a part of the original text, but um, the guys who put the ESV version together decided to give that as the title for the psalm. What does that mean? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Wow, are we all motivated to remain close to the word? <laughs> Let's go. Okay, that's good. I think, I think you've, you've encapsulated in, in what you discussed in what I wanted to share around that. Your word is a lamp to my feet. I was also thinking about the, the, the ten virgins with their lamps. And, the lamp, and some of them had oil, and some of them didn't have oil, have oil when, the, when the groom came. And, um, but, but your word, God's truth, his teachings, like the, the truth, not opinion, not views, but the actual reality, apart from skewed science or popular opinion or whatever it is, is a lamp to our feet. It illuminates that place where our feet tread. And it's a light to our path. It provides that direction and that wisdom. And it's enough for the next step. And then he brings us back and he gives us more. And the word is, is captured in this, in this book, right? 
And uh, we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand what God has, has given us, the truth God has given us in the Bible. Unfortunately, you know, there have been very, many times in history where people had actually used this book for their own agendas and misinterpreted and, you know, that kind of thing to drive a certain agenda. But by the Holy Spirit, if we read the book and ask Him for that insight, then, then God's Word becomes alive in the Bible. And when I was reading the Scripture... I want us to think about that because God, God, the Holy Spirit just took me to John 1. What is the Word? The Word is, is the Bible, but the Word is also a person. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's the light as well. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness to the light that all might believe in him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. There's this old, it was one of those videos, many of you will have watched those videos, like the Father of Lights and the Finger of God, and um, uh, there was another one, another one or two. Um, Who've seen some of those videos? Who remembers that old Dutch pastor that just said, truth is not a teaching. Truth is a person. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. He gives us the Bible so that we can know who he is, so that we can know that our knowledge is fully found in who he is, but we can never separate the Bible from the person of Jesus and our dependency on the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. When he says, the word became flesh and dwelt with us. And I was just thinking about that scripture that says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I was thinking about how sometimes you made that comment that sometimes, you know, actually we, it would be nice to have a light that shines, you know, and illuminates the whole path. But that's not really the way God works, is it? And um, so, so the word is the truth about who God is, and, and that's made manifest in the person of Jesus. Like Jesus could never do anything or say anything that's contrary to the word because he is the word made flesh, and the word comes from him. And so the word... It's not just that truth, but the word is with us because Jesus is called Emmanuel. 
Um, Lauren had this, this revelation once, and she said, you know, sometimes we just want a manual, but God hasn't given us a manual, but He's given us Emmanuel, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's given us a manual in a sense in the Bible, but sometimes you want like a practical step-by-step -step for this specific situation. You just want to know that then, and then you go there. But Emmanuel is God with us, and we were, you know, we were... We, were, um, we, we went away just for the night last night as a family. Um, we went to Machalisburg, and, and we were sleeping over there last night. And um, we, we prayed for this place. It was a new place that we, so we normally, when we stay at a place we don't know, we just pray and consecrate the space to God. And, um, and so we did that last night as well. And then Benjamin, something was up, but he couldn't sleep, and he was really upset. And um, for quite a while, and um, you know, this is where the guys—the guys who don't have the gift of discernment—are like, you know, thankful for that because you can just sleep through all the other stuff that's happened there before. But Benjamin's always been, been sensitive in the spirit, and something was bothering him, and and we were sort of praying, and 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 it didn't really change. And then at one point, I just acknowledged the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he became completely quiet. And he fell asleep immediately and he slept through to the following morning. And, um, and it's, 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 it's the word with us. It's the truth with us. It's not just about knowing it in our minds, but it's knowing that the truth is also found in a person. That person is with us always. And the Holy Spirit is committed to reveal all truth to us. And... Um, you know, I was also I was going to share a different story, but my wife encouraged me to share about my work, so I will. Um, you know, in, in, my, in my journey with the company that I'm at now, um, I studied finance, and then I worked in audit, and, um, and then I joined this company that I worked for now, which initially I thought was more of a classic management consulting company. And then when I started to work, I, I thought, this feels a lot like a training company. And, uh, I mean, training's all good and well, but it's not really what I signed up for. And for the first four years, most of the work that I did was, 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 was fine, you know. It was, it was cool, and I learned a lot, but it, it wasn't, like, I was, I was actually trusting God for something that felt more aligned to what I believe He had called me for. And, um, and that wasn't my experience, and, you know... After the first year, I told Lauren, I'm resigning. I'm over it. I've now had my secondment overseas, so, you know, now we can go somewhere else. And, um, and God just wouldn't release me, you know. And initially, I committed to a three-year three stint at this company. I was like, that's quite long for a millennial, so I'm just going <laughs> to stick it out for three years. And, um, but the lessons God taught me in that period, you know, his word is a, is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You know, I want to see the full picture because I know I'm called for this and I want to plot out the different things to get there because that's, that's how it works, right? That makes sense. And um, it just didn't always make sense. But I remember at the end of the first year, God says, okay, now I want you to focus a little bit less on your calling and a little bit more on serving your boss. It's like, okay. And, um, and so for the next two years, that whenever I prayed about work, that's all God said. I want you to serve your boss's vision. And I won't entrust your own vision to you or my vision for your life in this area. 
before you learn to serve your boss's vision. And that was quite a hard lesson to learn, but that was, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's not just knowledge, but it's Jesus in that moment interpreting the Bible and giving me practical wisdom applied in that situation. And then there were seasons where it's not really about me, it's about another person or another colleague. And it was only after four years at this company that we, we actually started to step into more strategic work um, and doing the kind of things that, that I believe God had called me for. And sometimes we want, I, I wonder, you know, I, I also, many of you know my testimony and um, my journey around sexuality and, and the way I view myself and, you know, the fact that God had created me a man. And <clears throat> that was a long journey and um, an amazing one. But I remember that God had initially done amazing stuff in my life. And then it seemed to, to dry up. And And, and I seemed to get stuck, you know. I, I, the, the progress wasn't as much, and the, and the freedom didn't come so easily. And, and, and I actually stumbled, you know. I actually went back to that stuff briefly, and it was really hard for me. But what I learned out of that situation was that I had been walking with God. But at some stage, I exchanged walking with God for the 10-point plan. And I'd learn a couple of principles, and I was like, if I just follow these principles, then, then I'm going to be good, you know. I'm, I've reached the point of um, sufficient freedom. Like, I can live with this. I'm actually very grateful for the freedom God had actually already brought. I didn't think it would ever come this far. And I, I started to find confidence, I think, in that. And the stuff God had taught me, and suddenly the grace was gone. And he invited me back, and he said, no, no, no. No, you've never learned enough. You've never equipped enough so that you can walk without me. <laughs> you know? And that in the scripture, the, the word, like his precepts and his principles and all of his, the, the truths is amazing. And we need to learn that. We need to mark that, make that part of ourselves. But we can also come to a place where we follow that stuff outside of relationship with God. And outside of daily inviting them into our walking. And so for me, that was not just knowing all the right stuff and doing it, but acknowledging that Jesus is with me. The Word has become flesh and has dwelt with man. It's not just about understanding a teaching and applying it. It's about walking with truth. And I wonder if sometimes some of us We would, if, if we had to choose, I wonder, if we had to choose, if we could see the whole path, or if we could choose to have the light as our companion, what would we choose? Yeah. You know? Would we go for, okay, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what I must do. And I, you know, I, when I recently, when I, when I mentor or counsel people, 
it feels like, just, just tell me what I must do. Just give me, like, what, what do I need to do to get from here to here? Because we're all trusting for, like, a, from a current to a future state in some way. You know, maybe God has given you a promise. And God has given you an amazing promise, but it's just not coming to pass yet. Or maybe, like, you've walked around with this hurt, and you're really trusting God for healing, but you, you just haven't seen that healing yet. Or there's a job opportunity that you're, you're desperate for, or a life partner that you're trusting God for. And, and your question is, what do I need to do to get there? And I get that because I'm there often. So I'm not sharing from an, any other place. But I don't think that that is the right question. I think the question is, will you take his hand and walk with him? Will you invite him into that space? Will you allow the light of his truth to shine into that place rather than a manageable plan that I can execute that will get me from A to B? That just, oh, in my experience, that just really disappoints. And even if it yields short-term results, it usually fades after a while. And I think, I think the reason often why God doesn't give that to us is because we would then grab onto that. We would grab onto that. And he's like, no, grab, grab onto truth. Grab onto the word that was made flesh and walk with him. If you think about your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, if you think about that picture, that, that implies a closeness, that implies a proximity. The light would need to be close to us, and the lamp would need to be close to us for it to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And sometimes we, we're grateful for the light and we, because, because we can see the path, but the light doesn't just illuminate the path. The light also illuminates us. And uh, it illuminates the areas of our lives that have been sanctified. It's just a big word to say, have been changed to align to God's character and His truth. And that glorifies Him. But it also reveals those areas perhaps that still need redemption. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.